0: Isn't it hard to believe that another school year is wrapping up and summertime is quickly upon us? This week, some of our very own will be graduating from high school, and some of these students you would recognize and say, man, is it possible that Nate Goad could be graduating from from high school or Jacob Shem? We, We are excited to celebrate with them, and our hearts swell with pride as we think about Graduation. We say things like, congratulations to them, congratulations, congratulations. And when we see our graduates, our students graduate, to me, it it takes me back. You know, last night we were at a party, this week we'll be at services, and and it takes me back to to 19 years ago when I graduated from high school. Go ahead, I know you want to say it. 19 years, you could be my son, or you could be my grandson, and it's true. It's true. But whether you graduated high school in the year 2000, like I did, and 19 years ago, or 29 years ago, or 49 years ago, or if it's going to be even this, this week, what were the emotions that you were feeling at that time in your life? Joy? Excitement? Accomplishment? But maybe mixed in there was uncertainty and anxiety as you thought about what this meant, after congratulations, the next words that that seem to flow from the mouths of interested individuals is, congratulations, and then, so what's next, right, that's kind of how the the, the conversation seems to go around this time of year, so what's next, some of us know, and, and some of us don't know. But as, as graduates, you guys are entering into this next season of life where, where a lot is going to happen. I think about my life and, and the next four years. There's a lot of stability in, in our lives. There, there's working and, and family life and, and really living in the same place. But for some of you, the next four years of your life could really be a significant impact and make a significant impact. As you think about going to a new place, having other people become the primary influence in your life. Sorry, parents. Decisions about your work and vocation and majors. Some of you will even meet that, sweetheart. Get married to the one you meet in these college years. But as we are thinking about graduation, whether you are graduating this week or not, most of us are not, we still have this question that is looming within us just the same. So what's next? Some of you may be caring for a newborn child or an aging parent and you don't really know what tomorrow looks like. You yourself may be aging and your health is not what you would want it to be and that's bringing anxiety or fear. Some uh, some of us or some of you or others of us may be asking questions about our vocation and wondering if we're making a difference. Is this the right profession? Some may be in a season of retirement or preparing for retirement, and and we hear those same questions. So, what's next? And like our high school graduates, we often are anxious about the future and wondering what God is doing in our midst. So wherever you find yourself today, we're in so many places because we're an intergenerational church. We do have one thing in common, that we want to follow Christ Today in our, our text, we're going to see Jesus speaking to those who are following him. In fact, the book of John is really a story where people are, are, are coming to Jesus looking for something. really is one story after another as people are coming to Jesus. Some are, are choosing to follow him, like his disciples in chapter 1. Some are coming by night looking for resolution and, and quest, answers to their questions. Some are just looking for a meal. 5,000 of them coming because they were hungry. There are people all throughout the Gospels who are coming to follow Jesus. And Jesus is calling them wherever they, whoever they are, and wherever they're coming from. He's saying the same thing to them. He's saying, come and follow me. Some will choose to follow him and make these amazing statements of confession, thinking about the lady who was looking for living water, thinking about Peter with his amazing confession. Lord, you have the words of eternal life. Where to whom shall I go? But others will walk away. Some will walk away in, in, in the night. Some will walk away in a, in a public way as they are by the Sea of Galilee and abandon Jesus. Some will even be hostile and openly oppose him for they hate him and what he stands for. Nevertheless, as today we stand here, many different people in many situations of life, we all want to follow Christ or we want to look to Christ. And these words in John chapter 8 help us. Jesus, in this I am statement, is giving us a description of who he is and what he has come to do in our lives. He's helping us in this short phrase to explain what it means to be a Christian and what it means to follow him. Listen to this Verse, once again, John eight twelve. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Let's go to the light of, world, the, the, uh, the, light of the world and ask him to help us as we study this morning. Lord Jesus, we do know you to be the light. We thank you that you have saved us that you have come into our dark place and you have rescued us from the dominion of darkness and you have transferred us into the kingdom of your beloved son. God, you have done that through Christ and we are grateful for the gospel this morning. Lord, even as we open your word, you have not left us alone, but you have given us yourself, you have given us your word, you have given us the body of Christ to help us to know how we ought to follow you today. As we look into your word, would you speak to us? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so this passage is is given in a context where Jesus is teaching in the temple. This is early in the morning, we think, and Jesus has been teaching in the temple. And he begins to speak about the light of the world. We think that this was during the, the Feast of the Tabernacle, which is a celebration where the people of God would remember that in the wilderness, God would lead his people with the pillar of fire. As they were approaching the promised land, wandering around in the darkness, in the wilderness, this Feast of the Tabernacles was a celebration. And there was a, a big lamp, a big lamp lit in the, in the temple as a celebration that the light that God has shown would guide his people. So we think that was just, this is the context or the background. But, but nevertheless, whether or not Jesus is alluding to the Feast of the Tabernacles, we see that Jesus is using this illustration of light and darkness to describe who he is and what he has come to do. Jesus, all through the scriptures, we see this, but particularly in the book of John, we see this contrast between light and darkness, light representing God himself, light representing truth, and darkness equating sin. Darkness, the brokenness of this world I, I remember the first time I was in an airplane uh, flying at night and, and I remember looking out in the darkness you're, you're way up 30,000 feet in the air and, and it seems so dark until you approach these cities and, and the light begins to illuminate, and you can look down and you see the contrast between the light and the dark the, the first time I was flying I was flying back home from from Dallas Texas and it was a Friday night in October and so it was amazing from 30,000 feet to see the significance of how Texans view their high school football, right? Because I was looking down and it seemed like there was a, college, uh, a high school football stadium and there was one and, and there was one. They were all over the place. But there was this dramatic contrast between the light of those stadiums and the darkness around. And so Jesus is using this illustration to teach us. And John has been describing Jesus as the light. You'll remember back in... John chapter 1, John describes Jesus as this. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Later in in John chapter 3, when Jesus is speaking to, to Nicodemus, he says this about the darkness. The darkness is not just out here. When Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, he talks about a darkness inside of man. He says this, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works are evil. So again, there's this contrast. And, and as we think about our graduates, graduates, we want to send you out into the world, and we hope that your future is bright. And we hope that you see the world, but we want to caution you that the world is dark. Sin and evil remain. The world is not how it ought to be. And there is a twofold darkness. There's a, a darkness out there, but there's also a darkness in here. And Jesus has come, and he says, In the midst of that darkness out there, and in the midst of the darkness in here, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. As I was thinking about you guys and and preparing this message, I was thinking about the ways in which the darkness really manifests itself in, in our world, but maybe particularly in this season for you. One of those might be, one of the ways that darkness might manifest itself is in just isolation and depression. Isolation is a huge struggle for us these days. As we're so connected, it seems like we're also so very isolated. I heard a A friend speak of his college experience recently, and he said, I was on a campus with 20,000 people, and I felt terribly alone. Sometimes we feel the effects of the brokenness of our world. We feel the, the darkness in the sense that we feel alone in our problems, in our struggles, in our sin. And we're tempted to believe that no one cares for us, and if they did. They couldn't help us. Isolation separates us from others who can help. Isolation separates us from God who cares. And depression is like it, and it is very real. But here's the truth. The light of the world has stepped into our darkness. The light of the world has stepped us into our isolation, and he is bringing us. God has promised to never leave us or forsake us. And Jesus has given us his spirit to reside in us. And thirdly, he has given us his people to draw us away from isolation and towards one another. It is a good thing for us to gather week in and week out. We do this to sing the gospel, to hear the gospel, to pray the gospel. But we also do this because we need to build one another up because we are prone To isolation. Jesus has come. He says, I am the light of the world. He has stepped into the darkness. Believer, connect yourself with God's people. Graduates, I want to to charge you as you think about this next season of life. One of God's gifts to you is the body of Christ. The church. I would challenge you to step deeply whether you move away Or whether you stay here, step deeply into the the church, the people of God, people who may look very different from you, but can bring you and teach you and remind you of who you are in the gospel. Christian community will help you grow to follow the light of the world in ways that you never could on your own. Graduates, step towards and step deeply into the light found in the Bride of Christ, the church. Another way that we see darkness manifesting so- itself in our society is through addiction. Addiction is real, whether it's substance abuse or sexual sin. Addiction seems to be a deep and dark trap that many believers fall into. Ed Welch, who was with us last week, he is, he's written a, a book about addictions. And he, he calls it a banquet in the grave. Because it just destroys our life. Darkness, a hole that's too deep for us to climb out. Many battle addiction and feel like they are in a dark place. Graduates, I want to charge you as you think about the light of Christ coming into your world and guiding you in your future. College is often seen as an age of exploration. And there will be things and people that could impact you negatively for a very long time. Alcohol, pills, drugs, pornography, other things could enslave you and take you to a very dark place. I want to charge you, allow the Spirit of Christ within you to help you make wise decisions. And to abstain from things that could enslave you and take you to a dark place. Lastly, I was thinking about this, and the darkness that succumbs is bitterness. Bitterness is a sin struggle that many of us fight, and it is one that we often fight alone. Deep within a person, bitterness can build and eat away at our lives. Relationships that are so very important, this dark and secret sin can separate us, one from another, husbands from wives, children from parents, lifelong friends even those within the church. But here's the good news. The light of the world has come. He has not just invaded the darkness. He has overcome the darkness. Graduate, your hope is not in yourself. Your hope is in Jesus Christ alone who stepped down into a broken world, stepped down into a dark place and came to rescue you. Our hope is not in our own ability, it's not in our merit, it's not in our grades. Our hope is in Jesus Christ alone, who by dying, defeated death. And when he came back to life in the resurrection, we celebrate a power and authority like no other. There is only one person who can pull you out of isolation, who can defeat the bitterness, who can keep you and take you out of addiction. That is the Lord Jesus the power that he has demonstrated in his resurrection is the power that is living within you. Graduate, follow Christ. Follow the light of the world. So Jesus has come to give life, but he has come to give it in this total way. And he says that he is the light of the world. Our lives, this is not just for our high school seniors. This is, this is a people issue. We often are inward. Focus. College years are no different. We we think, where am I going to school? What am I going to study? Who am I going to marry? Where am I going to live? What is my dream job? What will make me happy? We have this ongoing struggle with a, an inward focus, a very small perspective, and yet the Christian life calls us to see the light of the world calls us into a bigger story than ourselves. Jesus is the light of the world. He has not just come to rescue you, but he has come to rescue the world. Yesterday, our family, we were downtown in a festival. It was a, it was a great opportunity, and I learned that in Roanoke alone, we have 107 different nations represented in our, in our city. The light has come not just for us, or people like us, but it has come for the world. We are drawn out of the darkness, and we live to see that the light go not just into our own hearts, but into the hearts of every person from every tribe, nation, and tongue. Graduates, I want to encourage you. I want to charge you that you will never find more joy and purpose in life than when you are helping others to see the light of the world. Go to the nations. In college, you're going to have something wonderful. It's called summer break. Many of us don't have summer breaks anymore. And we're not mad at you about it. But I would encourage you, don't waste your summers. Don't waste your life. Use this season of life to, to take the gospel. There will be people on your campus from all over the world. Help them see the light of world. Take the gospel. Go to the nations. I guarantee you that it will be life-changing and life-giving to you. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In John chapter 6, Jesus uses this Description of bread and manna from heaven to describe who he is. He says, I am the bread of life. In John chapter 7, he talks about living water. Many think that is a reference also to the wilderness travels where God was supplying the water from the rock for his people. Here in John chapter 8, Jesus is using this illustration of of light and showing how light will lead us through the darkness. In the wilderness, God had established this pillar, this pillar of fire. And in the evening, they they would be secure as they were with Christ or with God himself who had revealed himself. And so he's saying, I am the light of the world. I am the pillar of fire that will lead you. What is God's will for your life? How do you know where and when God is calling as a disciple we follow the light of the world. The, the pillar of fire is before us and we follow Christ. Where should I go? How should I go? What would this look like? We don't know, but, but we follow Christ. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, this is the theme through the book of John, follow Jesus. You're not out on your own. You're not trying to figure it out on your own. You are following Jesus. Many of us, as we think about the Lord's will, God's will for us, we often reduce that down to 10 or so major decisions. I would encourage you to see and follow God, not in the 10 major decisions of life, but the 1,000 decisions that you make every day. To love, to be kind, to honor, and to follow Jesus in the small decisions. To forgive to ask for forgiveness. Jesus is the light of the world. And It says whoever would follow behind him, would, would cast aside the darkness, will follow in the light and find life. What are you looking for? What are we looking for? What do we want for our lives? We want life. Jesus says, follow me through the darkness and find life. The scripture from Proverbs three: Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. Graduate in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It will be healing for your fre- your flesh and refreshment. your bones. This is what this Proverbs 3 is saying. Follow Christ and find life. Don't lean on your own understanding. Follow Christ. Follow the light of the world and receive life. Graduates, we hope the best for you, and I hope that you hear and see today our love for you. We are excited about your future, and we will certainly miss you as you go, but we send you gladly and proudly. Today in this service, we want to take some time and we want to pray for you as you enter into adult life. We want to pray that you go with our, with our blessing. In a moment, I'm going to invite our, our graduates to come and stand. And I also want to invite their parents to come and stand with them. And if there's immediate family that would like to do that, I would welcome that as well. Because we believe that this is certainly an accomplishment of our graduates, and we want to pray for them, but we also believe that families and moms and dads have invested deeply, and so I want to encourage families to come and stand proudly with their their graduate, but in a moment as we pray, I would also invite you as a church member, if you have a a particular connection to one of these students, maybe you were on a mission trip with them or you taught them in in a children's Bible study or Sunday school class, Maybe you just love their family and you want to come and stand with them. Last week with our children, we promised to care for them as a church. We promised to teach them as a church. We promised to walk with them. And today we see many of them graduating and maturing. And today as a church, we want to celebrate. So in a moment, as I call and recognize our our seniors We also want to respond, and so I'll I'll let them stand, and then before we pray, maybe you would come and lay a hand. Let me recognize these these seniors. Graduates, as I call your name, would you come and stand here in the front with your family? Lauren Bledsoe. Emma Demichowski. Nate Goad. Natalie Martin. Jacob Shem, and Zach Shem, Abby Schartzer, Joanne Wang, Gavin Wilkerson, and then also Megan Wu, Michael and Julia if you'll stand with. Look at this crew. We, we are excited for you, we love you, and we want the best for you, and we really send you with our blessing. If you have invested in, in one of these students or would like to just pray with them, please come pastors or deacons or Bible study teachers, friends, come on now, and we'll, we'll pray for them. As we pray, let's pray together as a, as a, as a church, and I would invite maybe a, just a handful of you, if you're on the floor, to start a prayer, and then a, in a moment I will voice a prayer on our behalf. If you're in the seats, please feel free to pray for them as well rather than just one prayer, let's offer hundreds of prayers for these students and their future on their behalf. Let's pray. Yes, Lord, we are so thankful for these students. Lord, we love them and we see them as gifts that you have given us. Thank you for their families and the sacrifice and the commitment that parents have made along the way that they can stand here with their children, sons and daughters, Lord, we see your hand at work in the, the grace that you have demonstrated to each one. Lord, that you have called them to a place where they know and, and believe the gospel, they hear the gospel. where you have brought them into our church family. Many have invested in them and taught them and loved them along the way. Where now as young men and women, we are grateful to send them. Lord, would you send them As we send them, we entrust them to you. Lord, as we know, the world is dark, but you are light, and you give life. I pray that you would protect them, keep them close, help them to hold tightly to their faith. Lord, may their faith drive them and direct them in the days ahead. Lord, we give you thanks, and we give you praise, and we we know that you are, are with us, and so... Even as we send them, we are excited that they will go, maybe even to the ends of the earth, Lord. Help them to go with the gospel on their hearts and use them to be a witness. We pray and we ask that you would, you would call them to yourself and that you would lead them as they, they go from us.